Me, Ben. <laughs> Just give give me a hand. No, no, that's that's the song that's playing. Talk to me by Stevie Nicks. Oh, uh, was it? Yes, that's, is. You say. <laughs> you say it like I know. <laughs> I forgot that you're playing it live here in the studio. <laughs> you know, there's something funny happening here, particularly this episode. It's kind of your doing as well. Suddenly, there's like a bit of a theme creeping back into the show. Like, I don't think it hasn't gone unnoticed, mate. <laughs> I mean, the music on today's show is related to today's guests, and the game that, that you've uh, proposed that we play is related to that, well, too. I mean, I, obviously, I chose the game based on the, the guests, <laughs> and I regret it because uh, I, I thought of the theme before I started researching some films, <laughs> only to find that I hadn't really seen any of them. <laughs> Well, that's okay because when we get to that, it doesn't matter if you haven't seen them because. Well, that's the whole. You, you, you're going to watch them in a marathon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, are you happy with yourself? We, we're back to the themes, mate. Yeah, I worked it out. <laughs> I fixed it. I fixed the show, Glenn. Yeah. Oh well, thank God for that. <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone. I hope I uh, hope you're well. This is Good Movie Monday, the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran. Your other host is Ben Helwig, and we are here to spend the next, I don't know, hour and a half talking shit, mostly about movies. That's what we do. Remember when it was a tight 30 minutes? <laughs> that was the plan. Tight 30. I think we only ever got one episode, i.e. the pilot first, that ever got to... Like, what did you talk... Like, how did you even do it? You just had the songs, and then it... <laughs> that was it? I, that's a great was question. Was it just the intro? And then... Because <laughs> we had a guest as well. Like, we still had the interview. We talked about the news. Maybe what that, did we is that do? is? Was it just just the news, then the interview, and that's the end of the show? It all went down here when you came on board, mate. <laughs> I, I remember that first episode. <laughs> no, I think it went for two hours. <laughs> well, hopefully they haven't fallen asleep yet. I do like to chat. I do like a good tangent too. Podcasts are about chatting. Yeah, so that's a good. I'm, thing. Look, that's you know that's why I'm always shocked that people listen because really it's like it's you're just listening to a conversation you can't participate in. In fact, everything else on the show is interruption. Really, should, you know? yeah. <laughs> in, and speaking of interruptions, we have Jarrett coming up in a minute to talk about some things and <laughs> the Bonehead Weekly podcast. Interrupt us, I'll tell you what. Yeah, and we do have two special guests this week: Danny and Michael Philippou, who are Raka Raka. If you're if you're of a certain generation, that's how you know them, Raka Raka. Um, and they're here to talk about their brand new film, Talk To Me, which is blowing up all over the world. Like, this is going gangbusters. So I feel really lucky to have these guys on because they've been doing some big press and media you know, lately. And we got them. We, got, we did get them. And it is a great film. Literally one of the best films of the year. That's how far I will go. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a big call. It's a huge. I mean, call. I suppose we are in July still. <laughs> There's many more to come. Or or August just. <laughs> doing the maths in my head <laughs> one more day of when we yeah how does it work 30 days has september by the time the majority listening to this we are well we are well into august yes. so there's still a bit of time in the year 
Yes, and those people, of course, they found us at goodmoviemonday.com or wherever you get good podcasts from. Yeah. Goodmoviemonday.com is where they can find everything we do, videos, previous podcasts, other iterations of podcasts. Can they find all the uh, the old reviews and stuff from Fake Shemp? No, that's currently closed. <laughs> I've closed that down. You've closed it down? You're not gonna, uh, are you going to migrate it over to uh, Good Movie Monday? I've thought about it. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that's a whole other discussion to have. <laughs> Glad I brought it up you live so. on air. Uh, I need to tell you something, though. Since last week's episode... We need to talk about Ben. <laughs> Wasn't that the name of the show yeah, last week? It certainly was. <laughs> but you know that I don't drink a lot of soft drink except for on this show, right? It's my it's my guilty pleasure oh, week, time no, of the week. See, no, because the only time I really see you is when we're doing this show <laughs> yeah. and you're always drinking the soft drink. <laughs> yeah. Or when we go we go into a screening mm. and if, if they do happen to give us free drinks, I mean, I, it is always a constant. I do see you mm-hmm. like Coke water, Coke water, Coke water. Mm. And it, it's a, it's a it's, half-half. It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50. It depends on how, like, because I don't drink soft drink at home during the week. Right. Like, I just don't. Um, I honestly, look, you have a lovely drink fridge yeah. in your movie room. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if that was in my house, <laughs> it would be empty. Like, the minute I got it, like, this morning <laughs> I went to buy two two-liter bottles of Coca-Cola yep. from the supermarket. And I was out all day. If I wasn't out all day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I would have drank. I probably would have finished one of those. The bottles. fact that that fridge has still got drinks in it is proof of that I don't drink. That you don't drink. Right? I'm shocked. I, I don't do don't have understand. three fridges in my house though. But it, then that's <laughs> like when you go around to someone's house and they're like, "Oh, would you like some biscuits or something?" Mm. Like, why haven't you left? eaten them? That's right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what the news, are they for? The news I have for you because this okay. this got me so excited. I discovered that Fanta, which, as you know, for the last two weeks I've been drinking on the show, yeah, has much less sugar than Coke and Pepsi. Now, when I was a kid, that was not the case. Fanta was always the one that was loaded with sugar that you should really moderate. I never paid attention to <laughs> which one had the more sugar. I just yep. I remember there was always there was rumors about how you could uh, put a twenty cent piece into a glass of Coca Cola and overnight <laughs> it would disintegrate, yeah. or you, you put on a car bonnet. Mm. You know, my parents got very upset when I tried it. <laughs> Don't know why. But, but, but that's the thing. Like, so as a kid, you always knew that Coke was a bit naughty, but Fanta was very naughty. Like it was. The oh, for me, it was always Coke was the big naughty one. But, yeah, right. You know. Well, there you go. Well, there but, you go. Yeah, it's okay, got far so. less sugar, so I don't feel as bad as when bad. I'm drinking. So now you're just drinking Fanta all the time. I'm loving it. That explains why you now look like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're this, all orange. You skin. can't say that. Apparently, we were talking about Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa in the new Wonka movie, but now they've come after him because he's not a little person. <laughs> Really? Yes. yes. They've come after him because he's not a little... They haven't come after him because he's not an actual Oompa Loompa. They've they've come after the choice in casting because it's (coughs) taking a job from a little person because, you know, mind you, fucking Snow White's also taken seven jobs from six because they've got one little guy. What, the dwarves in (laughs) fucking Lord of the Rings? Fucking get over you. They're fucking actors. They can act in things that they are not. It's okay. (laughs) I knew I'd get a reaction from you. I tell you what, <laughs> Ben's livid. I, te- I tell you what, I told I. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, or, but I think I may I said it to Jared. But I am ready to quit the internet. Oh, you told me like half an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> like it is getting like just stop your fucking whinging about fucking everything. <laughs> There's always someone who has a problem with. Uh, yep. This is why I reckon politicians are like. I remember going to like a council meeting like 20 years ago and the councillors sit up there and they talk about what they what they plan to do you know in the in the upcoming months and 
people in the audience just <laughs> hurl insults at them <laughs> and abuse them, and they could not care. Like they're just like, all right, we'll move on. Like they no reaction. Yep. They must just be used to it. Oh, and that's what be. the internet is. Just Teflon. People complain. Like, <laughs> If there's, you know, if there's any way to complain about an issue or to make an issue where there isn't one, the internet will do it. <laughs> um, if you're a first-time listener, this is Good Movie Monday. We do talk about movies. <laughs> Just be patient. We'll get there. Actually, I do want to talk about a movie. I want to. It's not a recommendation because I thought I watched a movie that um, I've been wanting to see for a few years and I've not been able to find it. And suddenly, it's on YouTube Movies for free. You know how they've got an actual movie section. I just figured that was just stuff that people uploaded. No, it's not. It's an actual... And they had, it's, no one it's, had complained about it It's almost it like they're streaming like, but the free yeah. stuff, right? And they do put commercials in it. But Life After the Navigator, the documentary all about Joey Kramer, the, the kid from Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, right. It's a really cool little documentary and it's split into where is he now, the troubles he's been in and, you know, his redemption. But then the other half is the actual making of Flight of the Navigator. So you've got yeah. Randall Kleiser and all the actors except for <laughs> Sarah, Jessica Parker. Um, but it's fantastic. Like, it's really good. I'm not going to... What happened to Sarah Jessica Parker? What do you mean? She's doing that Sex in the City sequel now. Shit, well, good for her. She, I mean, <laughs> disappeared into obscurity and then finally got a gig again after all this time. <laughs> yes. But, um, oh, who was it? Cliff, what's his name? The the dad from it. It was in um Cliff De Young. Cliff De Young. He's in it. You know? He's yeah, is he still alive? He's fantastic. He's still alive. Yeah. I was surprised that, you know, half the people that rocked up in this thing. And um my old friend uh Veronica Cartwright. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say Virginia? Virginia Cartwright. <laughs> from uh from Bonanza. <laughs> One of the Cartwright family. Yep. So I don't want it to be my actual recommendation for the show, but I wanted to get that in there that Funnily enough, you mentioned that. I watched a, a film called The Vikings right. with uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Tony Curtis which I and Janet Lee, which I haven't seen, and Ernest Borgnine, which is great. I haven't seen since I was a kid. Like, it was a perennial on TV gotcha. during the week. And I just, like, I don't know. I don't even know what platform I saw it on. <laughs> uh, it was just, like, a, you know, flicking through something and it just popped up and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it. And what shocked me about it I'm not going to talk about the plot or anything like that, but the Kurt Russell's character is—he's like a, pretty much an asshole mm-hmm. in the film. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, considering he was like one of Hollywood's big leading men, he's an asshole in no, sorry, not Kurt Russell, Kurt Douglas, Kurt Douglas, Kurt Douglas. I was going to say, how old was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the kids. No, Kurt Douglas is mm. an asshole. Mm. He's an asshole in every movie he's in. <laughs> like he plays like fairly unsympathetic. Except for when he's the old time gold miner in, in Man from Snowy River. Yeah, like when he like you know, <laughs> but he wasn't a leading man then. But no, in like yeah. all his, I know what you're saying. You know, all these big movies, you know, from Spartacus, Paths mm-hmm. of Glory. Yep. You know, all that's you know He's a little bit of a cunt. He's a you know, ace in the hole, <laughs> fucking mm. Farkin. Yeah. Oh, you know, being I'm that, just he lived know, to what, hundred and one? When you think it like when you think that, you know, Fred McMurray, who was uh-huh. uh you know, was in the apartment. One of both of I think both of ours favorite mm, films. It's a good one. Fred Murray was so concerned that people would hate his character in that, would hate him <laughs> because of the character he played in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And you're like, are you kidding? Look what <laughs> Kurt, look what Kurt's doing. I know that's right. Is that like is that why he made something like Follow Me Boys? It's around the same era. Like, yeah, the lovable, yeah. <laughs> the lovable. Oh, he was wrestling. just gearing up for uh, my three sons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's it's true. like I, I know where TV's going, and I'm going to make. <laughs> yeah, I just turn up once a, once a month. I do five scenes and then they pay this guy to with more hair than I have to do the back of my head. 
He's like the dad in the Hardy Boy series. They just uh, they, he just died halfway through, and no one knew. <laughs> Andy Hardy just didn't have a father for for the majority of that of those movies. Anyway, that's an upper. There we go. I just oh, yeah, put in some classic talk, yeah, you know, to show how well rounded we are on the show. <laughs> we can go back to the we can go back to the fifties. We can talk about the you know eighties. We can talk about the two thousands. We can talk about today. Yeah, we've got it all covered. I'm just sitting here to see how long you ramble for. I just keep going, man. <laughs> I just keep going. <laughs> That's great. Like, like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> oh, I love it. What is the point telling you about Newsly because you already have it and you already listened to us on that? Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> if, if I am, you better go and get it now. Go to newsly.me, download it. It's a super app that has all of the podcasts that you want as well as all of the news from around the world. And it reads all of those stories back to you in a natural human voice. It's fantastic. They have a premium service. So if you want to get a whole month of that as a trial, then use our exclusive code, Monday without the O, M-N-D-A-Y. Go to newsly.me, download it now, start listening. It's where we are. Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE class. Now, I'm reporting remotely from sunny Queensland this week, hence why I'm not talking to the boys. But I do have some news and I have to tell you about it. But before I get to that news, let me tell you what's coming out this week. The key release this week is from Disney and it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's hitting all the formats, 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD. The 4K has Dolby Atmos, while the Blu-ray has DTS HD Master Audio 7.1. Now for special features, the 4K and Blu-ray have an audio commentary, two featurettes, deleted scenes and a gag reel. Now, the news. And it's on the topic of Disney, in fact, because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be their last physical release in Australia. That's right, Disney are leaving the physical media market in Australia. So what does this mean? Well, basically it means no future releases from Disney or 20th Century Studios will be coming out on physical media, so you'll need to import them. This likely means Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will only be available on import, which is just kind of baffling. But anyway, it's just the nature of the business, I guess, when you've got retailers like Kmart and Big W no longer stocking physical media and Target stocking a very small selection, Sanity being online these days and about the only other physical retailer apart from a few indies being JB Hi-Fi. So when there's less retailers in the marketplace, I guess they don't see the value in sticking it out. So it's a damn shame, but look, it's the reality that we have to face. Now, they're not leaving the market until November, so while there may not be any new releases hitting home entertainment, you'll be able to get a good bargain on existing inventory. So things are already on sale, but as we get closer to November, we're likely to see a fire sale or two. Anyway, that's everything I have for you this week. So until next time, stay physical. That's uh, shocking news about uh, the old Disney, but uh, I, I yeah, how much of their shit's just going to be on Disney Plus anyway? So <laughs> maybe that's why they've permanently crawled back into the vault and they've lost the key. They've lost the keys. I just don't know what they didn't lose the key. They spun that thing that looks like a pirate's wheel. Like I wonder if this would have affected, <laughs> you know, people like Jim Henson and mm. uh, George Lucas selling their stuff to Disney if they would have known this was in the pipe. Because mm. you know, I would imagine. I'm actually I'm, I'm I'm curious as to the repercussions because I'm sure there's a certain amount of revenue that would be guaranteed in those contracts from physical media, you know, like during COVID when was it Paramount 
who did Top Gun? Who released Top Gun? Paramount. Paramount, when they just decided to put everything on streaming. Yeah. And without telling any of the filmmakers and they all, hang on, it's in our contract. This is part of the reason they're striking. They're striking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is you know, super interesting. But <laughs> enough about that. It's time. <laughs> it's time for the uh, much anticipated. <laughs> best part of the show. Part, best part of the show. The part that keeps people listening after our awkward beginnings <laughs> every week. Hang on. What? Awkward? <laughs> What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, the ones where you assume that I know what you played, the song you played. No, no, no. They're the ones the, where I know you don't know the songs I played. <laughs> you do it intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to hear me go. Uh, it just it really highlights how bad I would be as an improv performer. Because <laughs> well, I, I, must, I, I must, just stare at you like, what are you talking about? I must say, you didn't give me what I was hoping for. Well, no, I never do. I never do. <laughs> but it usually works out. I don't know. There might be some of my fancy editing going into that yeah. intro that you've just heard, everybody. And that's why I don't listen. Because I can't remember what I actually said. They'll never know. So I assume that... The They'll never know if there was tricky editing. <laughs> I'm that good. Just, uh, you just uh, why don't you just tell me the, what you want me to how you want me to react? Because then it's not sincere. No, and I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> and never sincere. And never sincere. <laughs> <laughs> I was sincere once about being insincere, and that's the only time I've ever done it. Uh, no, but this is the uh, this is where Glenn and I create the ultimate movie marathon around any a certain topic. Mm-hmm. And because we had the uh, talk to me boys mm-hmm. on the show, or will have mm-hmm. shortly. Uh, and the musical choices, obviously, have been informed mm-hmm. by that. I thought this week would be great. We'll do summoning films, films where things are summoned. I love that you said you've been informed of the songs. One of them you chose. That is correct. That's <laughs> the closing. That's the end song. I always yes. get the last one. And then I forget five minutes later. <laughs> I'll remind you, mate. It was actually, and after I sent you that thing, I was like, let's do this song. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was kind of, I started work on this list, and I was like, no. I want the music from this movie. <laughs> too late now. And it was too late. Your balls deep. But uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I've jumped in the line. <laughs> There's a hint. There's a hint for you uh, out there if you're playing along. So, yes, yeah, so summoning films. And, you know, I'm disappointed when I finally looked them up and I was like, oh, I've seen the summoning. <laughs> And <laughs> maybe that's it. Some of these, I don't know. I've got a, but, lo- I've uh, got a long list here. I'm you've like, got a long list, so you're more than more than uh, gonna, than is required. I'll try to keep up with you. Yeah, this is great. Keep up with me. <laughs> so look, I thought you know the first one. Mm. Why don't we start off with the? And this is interesting. Like, does this count even? Okay. Like, so would would you say something like The Exorcist counts as this a summoning is film? Very interesting because I've got ones or I had ones on my list. Are they summoning or are they? possession and what are the the mechanics around how that possession yeah. took place like you know were they conjured were they were they called yeah, or did that's they right. appear because the word summoning means, means they appo- okay, you've so. evoked something well okay well then we'll start with <laughs> with uh, one of our favorite all-time actors who unfortunately has recently depart, mm. departed in some of our all-time favorite films I know you prefer the sequel because you're weird <laughs> Uh, but let's start off with uh, Warlock. Warlock. Is Warlock summoned? Well, he was raised because he disappears and then at the beginning of the film he gets yes. freed slash summoned from wherever he is and uh, he gets him, he gets freed from his prison. So I'm willing to... I always... I mean, and I have seen <coughs> Warlock many times. I always assumed that escape at the beginning was him doing his fucking Warlock magic and escaping. I had, Was he summoned? I don't know. That's a good point because I could have been watching that intro wrong my whole life. Let's just for the for the for the <laughs> sake of the show, 
let's just say, let's just say, if it's got a supernatural creature that at one point wasn't there and is now there, it counts. All right. So Great. we're gonna start off with the wall with warlock. Great choice. All right. So that's a really good starter. Yeah. I'm gonna. This is a film I it's know. A good palette cleanser. Palette yeah. wetter. Palette wetter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to cleanse the palate now. <laughs> All right. So, do you remember Long Time Dead? That was a movie. That, that is on my list. That is. Oh, sorry. Do you want me to do another one? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's, this is, that's the whole. This is the whole point of this. <laughs> so, I crossed that one off. Yes, I do remember Long Time Dead, the Ouija board. Well, yeah, all movie. About, uh, it's very similar to um, Talk to Me. If you think about it, about a group of teens that get together almost in like a, a party environment, yeah, to summon the dead. And I look. The only reason I paid any attention to this film when it came out because it's a British. It's a British film, which yep. is kind of unusual because they don't usually do this kind of horror. Mm-hmm. But it starred uh, Lara Belmont from uh, Warzone, which and the Warzone made such a ma- had a, like it was such a major impact because it was so fucked up. Oh yes, sorry, I was trying to the, picture the Warzone, Winston, but yeah. now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the yes. Ray Winston, well, yeah, it's not actually. There's no war in it. No, no, it's a horrible, <laughs> it's a like it's a horrific movie. Directed by Tim Roth, I believe. Yep. Which I find that I know more about the war zone than I do about... <laughs> we uh, talked about Long Time Dead. Long Time Dead. Well, the reason I chose it is because I only ever saw it the one time when it first came out on home video. Yep. And... It did get a theatrical release here, I did. believe. It did. Um, and that was a time when I think I've spoken about the irrefutable truth about demons, which I saw at Melbourne International Film Festival. But that era, there was a lot of these coming out. Because I think it was around the Scream... Yeah. There was a Horror resurgence or Final Destination, that kind of... That slasher resurgence. But teen. It was a Hollywood slasher yeah. um, resurgence. But, and there was another one that was like a Big Brother takeoff as well where they were all in like My Little Eye or something like that and they were all in the... Oh, the TV series, the miniseries. Oh, I Is don't the know. When no. they're, in the, they're on Big Brother yeah. and they are completely oblivious. They don't know what's going on in the outside world and there's a zombie apocalypse. It might be the one. That one. I, I remember it being a feature and I may have it on DVD that we can... Oh no! What did you say it was called? I think it was My Little Eye. I do remember that film. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm thinking of another, another, okay. which was a series, like a you know a typical British series, six yep. episodes, and has a lot of those guys from like um, the Green Wing and oh right, like all that kind of stuff. And, and Jamie Winston from mm-hmm. uh, Ray Winston's daughter is in it, but it's it's all they're in the Big Brother house and they're just you know doing whatever they do in Big Brother and outside there's a zombie apocalypse and everyone's dead and they don't realise the people who are filming and stuff aren't there anymore. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're doing a great job not talking about Not talking about, about the films <laughs> yeah, we're picking. That's all right. So we're two in. Well, look, then I'm going to... I mean, look, there's a couple of... There's a couple of films from this filmmaker that you could include. Mm. But I'm going to go with... Early on in the marathon, I'm going to go with Sleepy Hollow. Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Because I love that film. I do too. It didn't it's cross great. my mind. Well, yeah, because she summons the yeah. Hessian horseman. Yep. Yep. To go around beheading. Uh, well, she. I've just given away a major spoiler there. <laughs> uh, beheading her uh, enemies. He mm. uh, is actually summoned. Yes, it's a. Uh, wickedy, want, the wickedy witch. Wickedy I witch. Say this who's got a kiss for the wickedy witch? I say this a bit like ill-informed because I'm not thinking forward, but in my mind, that's the last great Tim Burton movie. Like I feel like after that's when he descended into. Planet of the Apes territory and moving into the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I feel like the quality of his work dipped. Well, I think you've uh, forgotten a big fish or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> As in terms of a downward spiral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although I actually quite... I've enjoyed the movie since, but... I quite like Planet of the Apes. Like, it is a weird... It's a really weird one. I don't weird like it one. at all. I don't but like I, I, I've come around to it since watching the... When they 
when they relaunched the series with Franco and stuff yeah, yeah. and they kind of tie it in a little. Mm, they do, yeah. I kind of went back and watched it again. I'm like, I actually quite enjoy it. Like Could you make sense of the end? They changed the end and it doesn't make any sense. sense uh, it's just ambiguous. Anyway. Those movies aren't really about plot. <laughs> But look, no, I've enjoyed Tim Burton since. Yeah. I've I've disliked him a lot since too. So anyway, but I feel like Sleepy Hollow, last classic Tim Burton movie. Tim Burton film, yeah. For sure. All right, well, I'll follow that up with, hmm, I've got so many here. What about, we'll just go Pet Cemetery And lump that with part two because I really enjoy part two. And we've I just, got I don't a prequel be, coming up. I don't want to be bit buried in the Pet Cemetery. <laughs> and is it Cemetery with a C or an S? With an S. With an S. With an S. It is, but they've got the new one coming up. David Duchovny playing Judd. It's his The Judd story that took place 30, 40 years beforehand. Before. Yeah. And that's David Duchovny turns into uh, <laughs> Edward Herman or whatever he's... Uh, who's Herman it? Munster. Yeah. yeah. It's Ed, Fred Gwynn. Fred, 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 Fred I said Ed Gwynn. Fred Gwynn, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it in the new one, in the new movie? David Duchovny. No, in the, in the, no, in the last... Oh, John uh, Lithgow. John Lithgow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Which I, I, I didn't dislike that at all, that... Re- I'm so I'm shocked that he won out over Brad Garrett because I thought <laughs> Brad Garrett would have probably been a bit more. Uh, the thing with the the newer Pet Cemetery, I don't necessarily consider that to be um, a remake. I just think it's a new adaptation. Yeah, which I think there's a big difference. Which is uh, what Friedkin's big thing about Sorcerer yeah. is it's not a remake of Wages <laughs> of Fear. It's William Friedkin's production of. Yep. I watched, you know, those um, videos on YouTube where there's a French video store and filmmakers go in and select movies. That are favourites. There's one yeah. with Christopher Nolan and, and Cillian Murphy. They pick out Wages of Fear, the original, and they mention, well, what do you think of Freakin's remake? And yeah, Nolan didn't think that highly of it. He's like, well... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the truck scene's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, look, it's, it's a tough one because mm, Wages I love of it. Fear is so good. It is, but I do love Sorcerer. Although, like, the where it does... The one scene that falls down where it's clear that it's green screen is when the guy's, like, doing the thing with the wheel <laughs> oh, yeah. when he's driving around <laughs> and the car's barely moving and you're <laughs> yeah. like, come on. I, um, yeah, I think they even showed that clip in the, in the in video. The thing, but yeah. um, I do love um, the, just the tension and suspense in Freakins, particularly the dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. All right, what are we? Four movies in. Oh, all right. so and we haven't middle. really talked about any of the ones we've actually chosen, which is great. Yeah. It's all about the tangents. Uh, well, I think just to pep it up a bit right in the middle, <laughs> I'll put in a bit of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Bedazzled. I wouldn't have gone there. Okay. Yeah, well, which one? Dudley Moore? Yeah. I've got to go the Dudley Moore <laughs> one, although it, I think it's probably more appropriate to talk about the Brendan Fraser one because I think that's that's where he does kind of I, I think, look, summon I, her I don't more... Clearly. Particularly like the Brendan Fraser one. No, it's you, fucking got awful. But you can't deny some of the humour in his various characters. I think there's some yeah. great stuff in there. It's just too slapstick <laughs> yeah. for me as opposed to the original, which I is agree. not slapstick. Like, I agree. It's, it's some, it just gets stupid. Was it um, Joe, from, I don't particularly Joe from Bonehead has been banging on recently about they don't make comedies anymore. They just make movies with funny things in them. Like as as opposed to situations being funny, yeah, you know, and and the actors playing it straight, you know, and letting the the yeah the situation, the situation inform, inform, the, inform comedy. the comedy, yeah, yeah, which I, I think that's a good and that's a good example of um bedazzled. Yeah. They just go with they run with that slapstick, and as long as it looks funny, that's all that matters. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, I can't <laughs> I can't knock Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, she does look. She's you know at her prime in that film. Like she is absolutely stunning. Yes. And incredibly watchable, but you know, <laughs> Raquel Welsh, Peter Cook, Dudley Moore in the original. It's great. You know, and there's that great scene where they're watching the he's watching the priest 
chase his hat down the street. He's like, are you doing that? And he's like, oh, he's one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get that in the remake. No. Um, all right, so I'm going to back that up with, we're up to number six, by the way. One, two, three. Yes. Uh, I'll keep it in the, the lines of comedy and we'll go, we'll go back to Tim Burton and do Beetlejuice. Excellent. That's on my list as well. I was going to, I was, I was going to end it with on on a high. You still with can. Beetlejuice, not with Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm going to find another one. Oh, that's on the list. I've got one that you would love as a finale. So my well, then I guess this is my last one, film. One, two, right? three, four, five, six. Yeah. So yeah, my last one. I'm going to just let, trust me to leave it on a high for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. I mean, this. I think this is a great <laughs> second to last film too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with. Uh, Barber's Demons. I don't know this one. Demons? Demons? Oh, bar- I, I thought the title you're going to like, Barber's Demons. No, I'm, no, I'm, but, not, no. I'm not computing. I'm not computing. Because it's not, it's Mario, not, not, it's Lamberto. Lamberto Barber. It's Lamberto Barber's yes. Demons. It's yeah. not Mario Barber. No. It's, it's Lamberto. It's his, and that's his son, yeah? Yeah. And it's yep. written by Argento, I think. Yep. They work together on it. They work together on it. Yep. It's fucking amazing. It's great. The whole Metropole thing, like... Mm-hmm. The, the cinema, the movie that they watch, what happens, the fucking awesome nihilistic ending. Yes. It's, uh, it's fantastic. My mind immediately when you say demons goes back to that shithouse VHS cover Australia had with the green furry demon on the front. Yeah. Like, oh, that one, yeah, with the melting face. Had, it's got, it had a flip cover. It oh, had a of blue course it did, one but, like, the, in my but video, that was even worse. In my video store, it was always just that green. It's always just like a, a like he's gone into a photo booth and taken a photo of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like it's it's a photo of the of the creature. Yeah. The, basically, the, the you know, the, the model. But it's, it's it well lit. It's not, it's a shit photo. It's not yeah. like it's a still from the movie. It's more like a still from the makeup room. But I think it, it's incredibly <laughs> effective because I've got that VHS mm. up on my shelf yep. and every time my nieces would come around when they were like yep. you know five and six they would point and go what's that yeah. what's that what's that excellent it worked really well but i controversial opinion <laughs> yep i don't think that film has ever had good artwork <laughs> like none of the posters were really like they needed like an enzo Schiotti to do a really kick-ass so the bluish the bluish one is too messy i think i think it just looks too illust too yeah. like i don't like Whoever did that art, it's not like it needed to be like an Armies of Darkness kind of mm. fully painted or yep. Enzo Schiotti kind of artwork. Yeah, you know, with uh, there's so know. much opportunity with the, the the with that movie being in the cinema and like, yeah. there's so many things you could do with that. Also, well, that that's an upper almost so, yeah, like yeah, it's a good second to last. Yeah, but what do I do now because that changes things? Do I go horror? Do I go comedy? You can go either way. You can go anywhere right. you want to, mate. Well, what we can do... <laughs> it's we'll, our marathon. I'll end it and then we can run through some titles that we've got as, as backup. I don't have any more, but you this certainly is, go through. This one's just for you, mate. We're going to end with Bernard and the Genie. Fucking oh, that was on my <laughs> list. That's a great film. <laughs> Alan Cumming. If she shakes her jugs like she shakes her milk, <laughs> you're in for a good time. Rowan Atkinson and, um, and of course, Lenny... Um, Lenny Henry. Lenny Henry. Well, yeah, the, the you know the greatest trick Lenny Henry ever pulled was made uh, audiences of uh, Bernard and the Genie think that Alan Cummings was straight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he had like a bowl haircut or something. That, like, I mean, I fucking loved it because I I remember when like Circle of Friends mm-hmm. came out and Goldeneye. Yeah, and we're going. It's the guy from Bernard and the Genie. Yeah, and like and that Mini Driver as well. What was his name in um? What was his name Bernard. in Goldeneye? 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, because you're invincible. Yeah. <laughs> I too, I'm like, that's the guy from Vernon. He's a wimp, yeah. he's a little pussy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a little nerd. But he's, yeah. and he is, like, he's a computer program. Yeah, yeah. But, um, oh, gosh, yeah, Burn of the Genie's great. I used to rent that from the video store a lot. I ha- I taped it off TV. Yeah, oh. And just would watch it like, repeatedly. Yeah. I haven't, I wish I knew where that tape was because I would love to see it again. With the commercials. With the commercials, with oh, everything. Yeah. The one I taped off the TV around that era that I watched, like, over and over was, do you remember Frankenstein's Baby? And it was like a made-for-television movie from England and it had Nigel Planner in it, you know, from Young Ones. Neil, Neil from Young Ones. and it was essentially the British version of Junior before Junior came out. A man got pregnant. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it had nothing to do with horror. Ivan Reitman's a genius. It was Frankenstein's baby. He stole it from the the UK. But it wasn't a Frankenstein horror story. It was just like a comedy about a guy that gets pregnant. Right. Yeah, it was so weird. And I had yeah. that on VHS and I used to wear that out. I loved everything about that. Yeah, I've got to check that one out. I've yeah. never heard oh, of that film. I wonder if it's on YouTube for free because I've not seen that. It's around. like Fuzz Bucket, which I don't remember <laughs> from the I think the, the, Mr. Movie. the, the Mr. Boogity tape. Yeah. It was a second feature because yeah. I'd only ever seen Mr. Boogity on TV during the Disney hour. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen it at the video store, so I'd never seen Fuzz Bucket. <laughs> well, I mean, Fuzz Bucket had his um you know, he had the limelight taken from him by the gobbledock. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Damn straight. Station. And that weird little guy from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> and, they uh, need to do like a Justice League movie with those characters. And uh, Gnort. 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 Gnorm. Can you imagine Gnort. all of those little fucking guys getting together for a Is movie? Gnort? Gnorm. I'm going to do it. And then Elf comes along and he's the ringleader. And he's the, yeah. Uh, Elf's coming back, by the way. Is he? Ryan Reynolds is bringing it back. And yeah. Ryan Reynolds is playing Mr. Is playing Willie. Uh, Willie. <laughs> hey, Willie. And who's playing Mrs. Akmonic? Mrs. Akmonic. So what's some other movies you have on your list? No, I don't have any other oh, movies okay. on my list. <laughs> I, thought I did. really did not have any others. I, I, had, I had Gothic on there, the Ken Russell one. Oh, that's such a weird look. I've never really seen it. I tried to put it on mm. and... <laughs> when I found out it was just a bunch of people at a party for a lot of it. Well, that's why I didn't I do like, it because... Ugh. Long time dead, kind of the same thing. Yeah, but I didn't. Like, I kept thinking, when's the little demon guy from the cover going to be in this? <laughs> yeah, like maybe it's just artwork, it's and I just, yeah. I kind of just got bored and stopped watching it. Wishmaster. Yeah, I, I spent, like Candyman. Yeah, Candyman's Candyman on there. The and lamp, child, Child's Play, you could yep. stuck in there. The lamp. Now I don't have the lamp, the lamp on any physical media. I know there's a great Blu-ray of it. I so got the VHS with the yeah. lenticular cover. Oh, that was a that terrified me. That uh, fascinated me and terrified me. Particularly yeah. on the back, there's an image of someone with like an axe in their head. Yeah, loved it. Um, but I tried to find it online, and it's not on any streaming platform. But YouTube have like five different versions of it in full. But at the worst quality, I couldn't <laughs> watch it. Particularly on a huge tally. I have to lend you the tape. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about Jennifer's body? Is there any conjured in that? I think there is. No, I don't think no, so. No. She's just a monster. Yeah, I thought there was some summoning going on. Maybe not. What about trick or treat? I mean, they they summoned my boner. <laughs> Something was they, they raised it during the makeout <laughs> scenes. Is that yeah? <laughs> it's a real it's a date movie. I love how last week I was like 100 percent clean clean Joe. Mm. <laughs> all it took all it took was some cultural appropriation and well, uh, talk of. Jennifer's body and that right out the window. Well, speaking of, of, of your junk, what about ghoulies? Yes, they do raise, they do summon the ghoulies, don't mm-hmm, they? They do. They, they do. do. I almost put the gate on, but no, the gate is not, they're not summoned, they're just released. I thought that when they read the book and then the ghoulies, the, the, the gate, the gate demons, demons yeah. come like they're, I thought they, I would, I, look, I would give you the gate. Okay. 
Excellent. And a, well, I've already got it, so you don't film. have to give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> which is a V-Swick. Yeah, they do raise a horny little devil in that, don't they? <laughs> There's so many. Ernest Scared Stupid, uh, Lords of Salem, Slender Man, Bye Bye Man, yeah. uh, Pumpkinhead, Evil Dead. Okay, Evil Dead's a big one. I can't yeah. believe uh, I didn't uh, think of it. And probably the best of all, what about um, Aladdin from 1986, the Canon Films one with um, good old Bud Spencer? Yes, I've seen the poster. I've never seen and the film. In the movie, his name is Al Haddon. <laughs> He's a mechanic from Jersey. He, he looks like one. He's got the baseball yeah. cap and the beard.
There you go. There's a there's a fun song, the Hollies version of Witchy Woman. I I enjoy that song. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> witchy Woman. Uh, fun See <laughs> Singing it really badly after you've just heard the proper version. Yep, yep. As it's, I, it's a treat treat for the listeners. As I said earlier, if you're like a Gen Y or a millennial, then you probably know these two guys as Rucka Rucka, the YouTube sensations. Two twin brothers making prank style videos for content. They've been doing it most of their lives, but the older they get the and the richer they get, the more extreme the content gets. And in fact, they've made such a career out of it that they relocated to Hollywood. They've been making like big production little videos, if, if that makes sense. And you, yeah. you saw a clip before of like a car landing on a car like <laughs> Which was with one of them standing right next to it or yeah. on top of it at and, the time. And a lot of it when you watch those videos is real. It's not, you know, yeah. there's no trickery going on there. It's a miracle they're alive. Yep, absolutely. And the fact that um, they've got a brand new film is amazing. Like they've spent their years cutting their... Uh, Chops, if you will. Cutting their teeth. Cutting their teeth. Oh, fucking chops. I could go with some chops, but no. They're cutting Licking their, their teeth. chops. You're mixing <laughs> your metaphors. <laughs> is, it, is it a metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. both on a roll here. Yeah. <laughs> a bread roll with chops. Um, <laughs> Deboned. But they've been spending these years making these videos, training themselves for... Honing their crafts. Honing their crafts, whatever you want to say. Fucking hell. We should just... You want to talk about the movie or just want to throw it to the interview? Yeah. <laughs> They've probably got a publicist listening to this going, all right, we won't share this one. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Yeah, Talk To Me is, I think, one of the best films of the year for for sure. It took me by surprise. Not only a great horror film, but just a great film. But just even from the opening, (laughs) the opening kind of, like not even the, the, you know, I know the part you're thinking of. Yep. But just the part where the guy's walking into the party looking for his brother. Yep. Like I've seen that scene countless times. Yep. And it always the parties are always ridiculous. They always look fake. Mm. Yeah, you know they look staged. It you know, but this was so authentic, mm-hmm. and it just the production values are so good. They didn't overplay it. Yep, you know it was. And when I was watching that, you know, like I don't like to be taken out of a movie when these things happen, but I was for a moment just because I'm thinking how well this is put together and yeah. how. Everybody in this scene, whether in the backyard, the back bedroom, like they're all moving to a beat, yeah. like, and they have to be precise. You know, it's just very cleverly done. Um, and the fact that they're like it's a first time film, this is a great story. Like, I believe they were given an opportunity to make a movie in LA, and they chose to come back to Australia to make it. Uh, for Clearly, the reasons. right decision. Definitely, but this has a big international feel. As you'll hear in a moment when I talk to them, I did ask them, like, you know, what do you think? Uh, why? Why is this film done so well? outside of Australia, and they had their reasons. But I personally, I think it's because that party scene, I think, is a real easy entry point for a lot of Americans. It feels like an American yeah. party, and I just think that is instantly, like, you don't care where it's shot once you're in, yeah. you know, sucked into the story. Yeah, no, it, it is, it, like, you know, it is a great introductory scene to the film. And the, the film itself is fucking disturbing. Yeah. Like, Best possession I've seen in a film in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. All that stuff is great. The violence is great. Yep. How good is Miranda Otto as the mum? I compliment them on that. Um, yeah. She hits every comic beat. Like. Yeah. She's so good. Like just even, even in the stuff pre horror stuff. Yep. She's just. What great. time are you coming over for the party? Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> when are you sneaking out? No. Well, you always you only ever ask me when I'm going to bed when you're sneaking out. This is a great bit. And that girl that um that, that played the um the her daughter, I saw her in an Aussie film about three years ago called Beat, 
which um, at one point we were almost going to have that director on the show. Right. It just fell through. But she, I've been waiting for her to explode on the scene. And I hope this is the first of many for her. I like her a lot. Yeah. She's a great actress. But let's um, let's just cut straight to it and, and talk to these guys. Um, Danny and Michael Killerquick. Hey, guys. How's it going? How's it going? Love of the Hellraiser 3 poster. Oh, mate, you've got to be comfortable where you work. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> So the the madness of junkets and whatnot. This this is sort of new. It's your first feature film. Um, has it been overwhelming for you? Yeah, yeah, and so, and yeah, surprisingly exhausting. It's a, a weird fatigue. You yeah. know, sometimes you do twenty seven interviews a day, and then you if you say something that like things can get taken out of context. So sometimes we read like articles and stuff. It's like it's not how he meant it. Or yeah, yeah. it's like you know you're trying to yeah. I can see why people kind of like you know I don't know. But like, I'm not even like looking back at things. I'm like fuck. We sound so dumb and look so <laughs> tired. <laughs> well, congrats on the movie. Like I am not joking. This is the best fucking Australian film since The Loved Ones. Like it is that good. Oh, legend! Thank you so much. That's Cheers. awesome. Thank you. You're both you're both clearly horror tragics. Um. You know, what's the first horror movie you guys remember seeing? Alien 3 was my first experience in horror. Oh, is that and a good I, thing or a bad thing? Six or seven. I, I just remember being terrified of the, an alien was in a character who had glasses. It was inside the body of him and then it was like coming out. Or I remember that being terrified. Mine was the acid blood. That, is that number three? Or is that, that, number that was number three, yeah. They, you know, <laughs> I was like, that keeps, I was just thinking like, where? Because I was like, does that mean that's going to like go through space and hit the earth and then go down to the other side of the earth? Michael was very So dumb. could I be standing there and then suddenly the acid blood's going to come? Michael's very stupid. <laughs> no, I think it's a logical uh, worry. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like if it fell down, it wouldn't just drop down. It'd be in gravity, right? So it'd be floating away and disintegrating. And... No, it just cuts through because it's acid blood. Yeah, acid cuts through gravity, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've heard you like recently speak of this Wonder Woman, Jenny, who took you to the see horror movies as a kid. Like, <laughs> Can you give this woman a medal? Give this woman a medal. It's clearly made. Give Jenny a medal. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm going to do when I get back to Adelaide. I'm going to take Jenny to watch Talk to Me. She's going to watch it and be like, that was shit. (laughs) Jenny, shout out Jenny. My gosh, she would take me to all those MA15 plus movies. Thanks for scarring me with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Jenny. Michael was afraid he never came again after that, but Jenny would take me to everything. Oh, thank you, Jenny. (laughs) I love stories like that. Um, obviously, you guys just have an affinity for horror. You've probably had your eyes on filmmaking for a while, I'll, I'll presume. Was this the first idea you had to run with as a feature, or did you have other things in the past that you'd toyed with? Oh yeah, no, no. We had a, we had a coming of age film called uh, Concrete Kings, which was uh, that we were that was our first uh, attempt to try and write a feature film, and, and we learned so much in that process. And I, I, I love our producer that was on that, Julie Byrne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, talk to me. Uh, I don't know, it felt right. It was at a time where we weren't as caught up in doing all the YouTube stuff, whereas before mm-hmm. we were, it was time. It felt like it was time we were ready to, to take that step. That, that being said, it wasn't just Concrete Kings. There's probably four or five other scripts. But yeah, just, like, that was the main one. Yeah, right? like there was, yeah, that was the one that we like really went into depth with like notes and stuff. But we've always been writing longer form stuff. It was just in 2018 where it's like, all right, let's take this seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, and you've clearly like, there's lots of influences that are in this film, but it's also completely unique and original at the same time. Like how much of what was in the sort of the original script is what's in the film? Like, did you put your own stamp in there along the way? Oh yeah. 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 Like a lot of that is still in there. A lot of that dialogue too. And uh, yeah, I, I always read the script. I can picture the film when you're writing it. And so it always feels, yeah. 
It's crazy. It's, it's so the best when you get the character, the actors there on set as well, and it's like it just elevates the material because you have this imagination of how it's all gonna look, but then them being there in person, like bringing their flavor to it, just like elevates things so much. It's so amazing to see with the awesome cinematography from Aaron McCliskey. Yeah, it's like whoa, this looks way better than you could ever imagine. Production designer Bethany Ryan, our fucking our sound designer Emma Bordignong, and and also like. It's so funny when you're editing the actors for so long, you're doing editing for months and months and months. And then when I saw them again in person, I'm like, oh my, I forgot you weren't this person that we've been editing, that you're a completely different human. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's such a, yeah, a fun experience. Yeah, right. And has the response to the film just completely overwhelmed you? I imagine it's opening up all kinds of doors for you. Yeah, literally the whole, this whole process, this whole journey has been surreal. Well, this last week they've been doing uh, like big screenings in America where... Like, I right, was showing it to 21 states, <laughs> you know? And then so you, you, you hear about the, the feedback and the tweets and the reviews and things coming through. And then overseas as well, because different distributors have it. Like we're seeing these things in Peru and then, uh, yeah, different posters in Spain. Like it's like, it's the, and, like, and their interpretations yeah. of the marketing has been yeah, crazy. there's been like, it's giant, like, oh my God, that's our movie. Giant hands been made. There's been like uh, all, all these wow. setups for like, Horrors, like all these big and, printouts. It's like, I want that in the house. <laughs> yeah, but like on billboards in Mexico, like it's so crazy. It's insane. Surely you you understand like the significance of that for an Australian film, let alone an independent film, like blowing up around the world. Like it does not happen often. This is an amazing position for you guys to be in. I know it seems impossible. It literally feels like a dreamy. It's crazy. And it's crazy. I, I hope it opens the door to let, I, I feel like Australians have, we have, like a unique storytelling mm. but maybe we weren't allowed to do it as much or something like that no, but that being that. said this this uh at sundance and berlin film festival a lot of the midnight films were australian so i feel like that that stigma it's is crossing going away I, a bit I, I wonder if it's um i wonder if it's streaming that makes people more accustomed to accents or or do you know what I mean? Like it, it helps translate things potentially. I, you know I, what? I, I think I think the the production value and the design of this film is what gets it an international appeal. I think because I think I didn't even pick up on the Australianness of it because I felt like you've opened with a party sequence that is well shocking but fucking amazing. <laughs> um, but also like I think that's an instant um, window for the Americans particularly to to you know, latch onto. It's like that Project X movie if you remember that one, the found footage right, movie, yeah. like. <sighs> Yeah, with the parties, I think it's um yeah you've just opened it up aesthetically to the Americans. I think. I wonder. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yeah, we're so yeah we're so new here. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I want to talk about that. Like, you know, what were things that going into this process of making a, a first time feature film that took you by surprise that you weren't aware of, maybe caught you off guard, and were more difficult than you anticipated? It was uh, post production. Post production, the music. I'd say that was the most difficult part, and we. Had to, you know, we had, a, it's funny talking about the, we had this original composer and things just didn't work out. Like I, I was so specific with what I wanted and this composer, overseas composer took it and we didn't hear anything back, like no mm -hmm. notes or anything like that. And then we got sent the score and it was like this was completely different. Mm. And then, so it was like trying to fix that and then it not working and then having to get a new composer. It's something that, uh, the next film, I want to have more time mm. with music and not just starting it in post-production. I want to start it earlier. I want it to be part of pre-production. I want them to be writing world music to the script so it's ingrained in the bones of the script. 
And yeah. I'm so excited to, uh, there were so many lessons, it was so difficult, but so many lessons. And I'm so thankful we got there in the end that I can't wait to take that and, and apply that to the next film. Sure. I mean, you guys don't lack confidence and you don't, you know, you don't lack um, courage. How do you go about, like, I can't imagine rejecting something like a, as significant as music for a film. Like, um, did you have to sort of rely on producers to help you convey yeah. that message? Well, our, our producer, Samantha Jennings, was, uh, we always felt protected and safe with her. Yeah. And even when we didn't do the studio route and do it in America, that we decided to come do it independently in Australia, it felt, we felt so comfortable and safe with Sam that she really, really uh, helped us. And, and uh, she always put the creative first over anything. It was never, hmm. this isn't happening this way because budget or whatever. It was always what works best for the story. And the courage yeah. and the confidence, I don't know about that. I, I'm always just nervous. Maybe it comes <laughs> off like that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if way, but yeah. yeah but I, it, I, looking back, like it was just risking it the whole time, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And phenomenal cast, if I do say so. A couple of years ago, I um I saw Alexandra Jensen in a movie called Beat, an Aussie film, and she blew me away. Um, And I've been waiting for her to sort of explode on the scene ever since. So it's great to see her in this as kind of like a co-lead. How did you find her? Oh my, it's so funny. We feel so bad for, for, for Alex because we, <laughs> her scenes we'd always have to shoot very last. At the end of the day, we'd only have one or two takes. I'm like, we're so sorry. I, I, we have to do it, we have to do it. And then she'll just snap into character and get it done. And nail it. And nail it. And whereas uh, all the other scenes like with the main characters and stuff were like putting so much time and like, we're like we, the rest of the day gets lost on us. And then like Alex comes in and, and just nails these performances. So yes. Yeah, but, that, like it was finding her in the auditions and like even speaking with her, she's so, she's so uh, emotionally deep. It feels yeah. like, and she's like, she's like, is there any, uh, poems or pictures that I can use as inspiration. Every actor had something different. The story about uh, Alex reminds me that she'd be in every that Khan's film ever. You know, <laughs> I was like, one of those actors it's like, so like, and so diverse as well, because it's very different from the character. Mm. She's, uh, yeah, and yeah, her range is And awesome. the best sense of humour as well. Like, I love our cast here. Yeah. Everyone was yeah. so great. Alex was so much fun on set. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got like Sophie, Zoe, Joe, just to name some, like, were they all through audition or were there any that you went after? Uh, all through auditions. And, and, Except uh, for James. James was our neighbor. He lived down the road from us. And his name is James. So and he's not an actor. Yeah. But he, his <laughs> he audition was better than the ones he Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah James, James was based on James. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's why met, I was going to play himself. himself. <laughs> and, um, and Miranda Otto, like, my God, like, talk about comedy chops that I wasn't aware she had. She hits every single comedy <laughs> beat. Like, she nails every single so, one with precision um what's she like to work with man we we're so intimidated that we're gonna direct <laughs> yeah, Otto. Like, who the fuck are we to uh, uh, direct miranda otto yeah we're, we're terrified but then once we met with her and and we spoke with her she was like a cool auntie and, and uh her signing on and being part of the project allowed us more freedom to cast the the, the people that were unknown so yeah. having her and then yeah her performance is so incredible we, yeah she we, was, we did love uh like uh, improv takes as well or changing the dialogue up a bit we do these things called curveballs where we tell one actor to change mm. the line and the other actor doesn't know and every single one with Miranda Otto was gold there like, were, there there were, sometimes we couldn't help but laugh and it's like <laughs> you just hear us in the next room it's like oh fuck you know because if you're like uh, it was that good 
They're like, well, what are you doing here with my daughter? And then we'll tell like the other actors say something absolutely ridiculous to her. And then she just stays in character. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, man, filmmaking is so fun. Actors are so fun to play with. <laughs> awesome. And I've seen recently, as you've posted, like I said a moment ago, doors are opening up for you. I saw a photo with Jordan Peele and, and I'm imagining some other things. What's the most surreal thing that, you know, you guys can think of over the past few months that have uh, happened to you through this film? Well, literally, it was the, the the craziest part was getting picked up by A24. That it just seems so impossible and so incredible, and we can't believe it's happening. It, it we're so grateful, and um, yeah, we yeah we can't believe it. Yeah, oh. it was that, that moment, and then that that bidding war, having that weird. There was a weird buzz around the film going into Sundance, and this high, and then the amount of people that were reaching out, and this weird like yeah, this uh, the bidding war that happened between all these companies was. It's like, oh, that's for the movie that we showed. Oh, so, yeah, it's so weird. Like, you wrote in your bedroom? <laughs> and then, like, for A24 to be in the room, pitching themselves to us was mm. so... We, we love them so much. And yeah. we can see why, like, working with them on this uh, marketing tours, they're all so wonderful. Already for, awesome. like, family. Like, they're, they're, yeah, they're all so... And they, they even flew our dad out to come here and experience press in Los Angeles and put him up. That's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, you, Are you their first Australian production? We're not sure. We have to yeah. ask that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure about that. Because it's a, it's a perfect fit, regardless. Like, definitely, you know, you you've, you're in their little mold, if if I put it <laughs> that way. Um, yeah. yeah, guys, what's next for you guys? You don't have to tell me specifically, but do you have something else in mind that you're ready to jump into once this all dust settles for this one? We want ADHD. We have ten things we want to settle into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's good stuff. Stuff. There is definitely there's stuff. There's, there's a stuff. horror film that's been written. Yeah, bring yeah. her back. That that uh, that's like that's finished it's like we could shoot mm. you know we'd love to shoot that we're we're always just want to be making stuff so it's like let's go again like, yeah, we definitely want to do an action film down. we want to do an action film so uh yeah. awesome gotta scratch that itch right absolutely hey i appreciate you guys time it's um it's been fantastic talking this film is just the best and i'm so glad i managed to scrape in at the last minute and get a chat with you and thanks for letting me into your hotel room it's great to be there <laughs> hey sir <laughs> Oh, it's a mess. I know. <laughs> gonna, it's so trash. Like, I would know your video on this one. I want to. Oh, good, mate. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Um, take it easy, and I can't wait for the next one. Nice to meet you, Glenn. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. This week, we're tackling the worst cops in film history. I'm talking real dirtbags. I'm talking lower than James Tom. Man, that's low. It's pretty damn low. I'll get go low. Get it. low. I'm going to talk about Abel Make Ferrara. all you females crawl. When you are done skeeting, I will finish. Go I'm ahead. talking about Abel Ferrara's 1992 Bad Lieutenant for Harvey Cattell plays The Lieutenant. And I was going to go with a couple others, but truthfully, this is one of those movies that I watched growing up <laughs> too early that I just made you feel creepy crawly they kind of just made you feel dirty after watching it this movie has that effect have you gentlemen ever watched it what do you think oh yeah he's 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 pretty awful in that movie he is awful he is awful there's not a lot of redeeming qualities to him it's harvey Keitel bearing his soul on screen for a disgusting character i, I and it's nc-17 I haven't watched it in a few days, but when he, when it's in a few days, you watch it regularly, basically it's kind of how I go to sleep. (laughs) 
And I actually enjoy the uh, Werner Herzog, uh, Nicholas Cage version too. Uh, Port Orleans, Port Orleans, whatever it's called. That one's actually really good too. It's a really good movie. But mm-hmm. for for as far as just nasty, the scene with him and the two girls Oof. in yeah. the car, it's rough. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, okay, you know what? I, I, actually, Joe, I must admit, you, you took what I was going to do. I'm not going to lie. That's I, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I, I have I have a backup. I just blanked on the name of the character. What movie yeah, is it? Rambo. Uh, yeah. Will Will. His first name's Will. Will. What? You're you're just talking. We well, just name the character actor. And I just blanked on that too, Joe. <laughs> Dang it! If you want, I oh, hold on. Hold yes, on. anyway, First Blood, just talk about it. He's not a nice guy, but why do you think he treats him so poorly? Because he, he had... Why is he, Brian Dennehy as Sheriff Will Teasel? Teasel, thank you, Teasel. Oh, I thought he was going with Mitch, David Caruso's character. Um, He's egotistical, right? He's right. egotistical, and he doesn't like this guy who he... Rambo, who he thinks of. And people now think of Rambo as a big action film. The first one is, but not really. No. He's just this damaged Vietnam vet who wanders into town and he just wants to be left alone. And the sheriff will not let it be and kicks him out of town and then arrests him when he comes back and he triggers all these flashbacks of his imprisonment and all that stuff. And it's all because of ego. It's all because of this is my town. I can do whatever I want. And I think that is, I mean, I wasn't going to go with Bad Lieutenant, but I think Teasel is is a prime example of uh, somebody in law enforcement that just won't take no or won't be just or won't it's my way or the highway and that makes him very corrupt and very he's a great villain for the mm-hmm. film i agree all right so, Chad. here's the funny part and joe i know we talked about this prior to recording and prior to james uh but it didn't dawn on me that what was in my head was not what you all are doing so <laughs> i'm sticking to my guns and i'm going to talk about the worst cop uh, this cop is so terrible at his job, which <laughs> yeah, that uh, he only appeared once in a series of movies. I'm talking about Vinny Stuhlman, played by Peter Van Norden, Police Academy 2, The First Assignment. Right up there with <laughs> Ray. Sorry. <laughs> and if you don't know who Vinny Stuhlman is, he was the one who partnered with Mahoney, Steve Gutenberg. He was the fat cop who was nasty. He he would pick off he would pick off a snicker ground. A no, it was a crunch the, bar that had crunch bar on it. He knocked them off. Why do I remember that? I bit? don't remember. <laughs> I was going to say payday, but yeah, he eats it. He 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 goes and just has his his apartment is absolutely awful. His he, he's he has a dog. Uh, he has a canine. Uh, he's part of the canine unit. He only appears in the that one movie. And if you know anything about Police Academy, they love bringing back characters. You yeah. never see Vinny Stuhlman again. You even see Zed come up in numerous incarnations, and that he's a criminal. So, mm-hmm. uh, but Vinny Stuhlman only the one time, and I think that is how awful this this officer is that he only appeared in one of the Police Academy movies. This has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Oh, this has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Um, that was Bonehead Weekly. I think you put the, you've got the emphasis, emphasis wrong there. <laughs> this is Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. <laughs> uh, that's they're sort of like the American version of us, the, the Boneheads, I reckon. What yeah. Do you, what do you think? Yeah. Coming to you all the way from Kentucky in America. Like everything American, slightly better than the Australian <laughs> version. <laughs> Joe Lewis, Chad Jennings, James Thomas. Thank you, lads. Good stuff. 
and we are at that point of the show where we we sort of we now spiral towards the end of the show, mate. We sort of yeah. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. Beginning of the end. <laughs> uh, this recommendations. Is, this is the show that doesn't end. <laughs> Let's get to recommending. Um, all right, what have I got? Let me take you back to 1981 here. A Ooh, time to a fan- I was two years old. It's a fantastic time for Ozploitation, I think. We didn't even call them Ozploitation back then. What were they? They were just exploitation movies. They're just yeah, Aussie films. Aussie films. Oh, they were fantastic, but um, there was a trashy Hitchcocky one, which I know you're aware of. Lady Stay Dead. Yes, very interesting. An interesting film. Oh, I love this one, and it's it's edgy as fuck. Some good like, stuff in a fish tank. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's an absolute beauty. Um, the general um, general gist of it is a handyman on a actress's property is actually a rapist and a serial killer, and he dispenses of um, another caretaker. I don't think it was necessary for you to say a rapist and a serial killer. You could have just said he was just a handyman. When I was making notes, <laughs> when I was making, <laughs> when I was making notes, I thought, do you include? Rapist and serial killer, or just serial killer, because most killers. of them do that anyway. Yeah, but I think it's important because he does do both. He does do both. Um, and he's a, he's a multi-talent. He's in charge of looking after these actresses. <laughs> fucking hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's a multi-hyphenate, that's what I should have said. Not a multi-talent. He's a multi-hyphenate. And when he, when she rejects, when this actress rejects his advances, he he does in a very awful way, um, brutally rape and kill her, and. It's a notorious scene in in cinema history. It's got the fish tank scene, which he he drowns her in. Which, if you've seen um, Mark Hartley's Not Quite Hollywood, Fred Ward tells the story of um, he didn't let her up to breathe, and like it wasn't a stunt woman; it was a real actress, and she yeah. she almost died making the movie. And so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a whole different time. That's just called in camera effects. Man. <laughs> it was a different time, for sure. Um, yeah, but he also kills the other groundskeeper and the groundskeeper's dog before he dispenses of them. Like he, he's not clever. Like he just puts them in the yeah. shed. He yeah. doesn't. Do he's not covering them. his tracks. <laughs> no. He doesn't. He, there's no thought about. It, no, it is not one of those you know. Uh, <laughs> kind of clever serial killer movies where he's been doing it for years and has just never been caught. That's right. Like he's pretty sloppy. <laughs> but that's what I always, you know, that's what they say. If you just kill random people, they never find you. It's mm. only when you kill people you know and love. Correct. That, uh, you know. But that's only like the setup too because, you know, once he's done that, then the sister of the actress comes to visit and slowly but surely clues onto the fact that she's, the sister's not away on business. She's actually... Yeah. Uh, somewhere and the, the dude happens to be a psychopath. It's just a really fantastic cat and mouse movie. I do love Aussie films of this era because they feel dangerous and they feel risky. Um, this one was directed by Terry Burke who had made Night of Fear and In of the Damned. Uh, In of the Damned is like great stuff. That's one of my favourite exploitation films if you can call it that. Um, he's both respected and loathed in, you know, in reality. He was someone that I think he made good movies, but it was the the process of making them that yeah. earned him a bad reputation. It starred um, Chad Hayworth from Number Ninety Six, Number Ninety Six. That was the uh, the original Chances, let's say. <laughs> Chances has been getting it. a good run on this show lately. I think so. Yeah, Roger Ward, of course. Who's oh, I'm sorry, Roger, if you're listening, you're not very good in this, mate. <laughs> He's got a pretty bad wig, and um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. He's excellent. <laughs> I love Roger. Um, and I'm not familiar with the others in the film, but um, never got a theatrical release in Australia because no cinemas picked it up. They, they didn't want to touch it. Because it's so graphic. Like, it is so graphic. Bunch of pussies. Not only is there, like, full frontal nudity, but it's really extreme full frontal nudity. Like, my wife was sitting next to me while I'm watching it, and she's in her Kindle reading a book, and she looks up at this horrific moment. The Filipino Furberger scene. Yeah, pretty much. We're talking about the armchair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. 
I couldn't believe what I was saying. Sharon Stone ain't got nothing <laughs> on Lady. Yeah, basic instinct hasn't got anything on uh, Lady Stay Dead. Filipino the fucking hell. <laughs> it's a Warren Perso film. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the the version I watched of it was on YouTube, and it's really clean. It's probably come from if there was a Blu-ray release. I don't know. There has been a Blu-ray release, I believe, in Germany. It's probably on from part that. of a double pack. It's probably from that because I was surprised at how good it looked, and um, yeah. A movie you couldn't make these days, but um, go back and visit it. It's great. Heavily influenced by like Michael Powell and Hitchcock. It's very Hitchcocky anyway. It's very similar to Frenzy. I felt like the exploitative nature of the the crime, yeah, uh, crimes was very much like the way Hitchcock flirted with you know sauciness, <laughs> yeah, know, in taboo subjects. Anyway, there we go. We'll start. I'll move on before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> I've done. I think I've done. I've got enough. I've done enough to get us kicked off uh, Facebook true. again. It's true. Uh, well, this week I watched a film on Hoopla. Have you heard Ooh, of Hoopla? I certainly have. It's great. It's a library service that has a bunch of great stuff. I was I stumbled onto it when I was trying to when I was in when I was in the UK. We went through Hastings, mm-hmm. and the TV show Foil's Wall was set in Hastings. Ah, uh, yep. And but then I just suddenly became I was like, I've just got to watch that first episode again <laughs> just to check out mm. Hastings in Foil's War. And the only place I could find it that I could actually, that I had like a subscription to was Hoopla. Don't you need a library card to have a subscription? Yes, and you can sign up. I signed up to the Los Angeles Public Library <laughs> to get that library card, which you can just do online. Yep. And then... Does it work with I, any public library? It actually still, it actually does work with the, with the, not all the libraries here in, in Melbourne. Uh, like the Monash Library wasn't in the system, but mm-hmm. there's another, there was another couple of, Okay. You know, Victorian library yep. services that I just don't happen to be a member of anymore. Yeah. That um, you could sign up for. Okay. Cool. Um, but so I watched this film called uh, Fear the Night. Fear the Night. Tell me about it. It's new. It's it's 2023. Mm-hmm. It's a new film directed by Neil LeBute. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Neil's, Neil's Fat Pig back. guy. The fat, he wrote a famous play called Fat Pig. Yeah, right. Yeah. He also did uh, Company of Men. and. Yep, yep. Is it Living in Oblivion his? Don't know. Don't know. Um, but uh, it stars Maggie Maggie Q mm-hmm. and Cat Foster, and they're basically sisters. Maggie Q is a I like her, like a returning, like Afghanistani, you know, vet. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of she's got issues with with Cat Foster and their family, and she's you know come back kind of pretty fucked up uh, and she's on the outs, but she's come back for a friend of theirs. Um, they're going to their grandparents' house in the country for a bridal shower. Mm-hmm. What they don't know as, as it comes through is that, and of course, look, on the way up there, they stop in at a gas station where they are accosted by some rednecks right. that Maggie Q kind of shuts down and then keys one of their cars. Mm-hmm. Never a good sign. <laughs> Never a good you know idea in the country. But then, you know, they all go up to the... You know, but then they find out that... Um, uh, well, no, okay. I won't, I won't tell you what they find <laughs> out. But they basically... You know, right. It's very similar to kind of uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Like, they just having chats, mm-hmm. you know, having a good time. And then all of a sudden they start getting bumped off one by one by this guy with a crossbow. Very cool. And, you know, yeah. and of course Maggie Q is the only one really uh, capable of defending themselves and they have no no guns and no real weapons and there's like, you know, an un, 
an unknown among a number of assailants outside the house who try like, and get in. Like Becky. Yeah, yeah, very much like Becky. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, and it was actually it's like it's a bit of fun. Like it is. It's very much like an eagle esque film. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's a really outside of the box title for Laboot to make as well. Like looking at his catalogue of films, like yeah, that's not, unusual. I think the closest to thriller he got was like Lakeview Terrace. Is that the? Yeah. And I, would, I would have thought someone who hates women as much as he seems to uh, would have had trouble making this film. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, I hope he does not listening to this show with that comment. But yeah. I think if you watch The Company of Men, you know, this guy's got some problems. Although but he's just making the if film. You've ever, if you've ever seen the play Fat Pig. That's right. It's, it's the opposite. So, Oh, he's not talking about Fat Pig? No, it's all about a woman that is body shamed. And this is a... Yeah. <laughs> but it's a play... From her point of view. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. There we go. Anyway, digression. Digression. But uh, yeah, but Fear the Night, check it out in Hoopla. Wicked. Uh, go, get a, go get a live card and, and then yeah, check it and, out in Hoopla. And do it. I, funnily enough, I was watching this thinking, like I, I must, I think I'd watched a couple of films on SBS On Demand with Olga Kirilenko in the kind of very similar mm-hmm. similar part as a returning vet with, with issues who then, you know, whose sister disappears and she's got to track her down and stuff. I can't remember what that film is called, but it's, it was three months ago on SBS On Demand, so I assume it still is. Yep. And I was like, well, how good would a movie be if it was Maggie Q and Olga Kirilenko <laughs> as sisters and each of them disappear, but the other one doesn't think it's searching for the other one, but while the one's searching for them, they're searching for the other one, not realising that they're – and they're just wasting bad guys mm-hmm. that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That would be great. But they should definitely be in a movie together. I think that would be great. Yes. You could summon it, mate. could summon it. could summon it. There's, Make it happen. That's called a bookend right there. There we go. Uh-huh. We've reached the end of the show. <laughs> um, nothing else to say, but go to goodmoviemonday.com and uh, check out everything we do. Please follow us on Facebook and all the socials and drop us comments. And, um, yeah, share your thoughts. Check out uh, Talk To Me. In cinemas now, like it's important to go see this movie at the cinemas. It's important for Australian horror. Yep. Because uh, we got this one. We got uh, Late Night with the Devil coming soon. Mm-hmm. So you want you want if you want these films to keep being made in Australia, you got to go out and support them. And it's just a good time. Like if you get mm. in, sort of you know, if you listen to this the week the episode drops, get along to your cinemas now because you'll see it with a potentially yeah big audience and get so much more out of it. I don't think we talked. We mentioned in the th- how. Much like a polished Hollywood film, like a, not Hollywood, but like a Hollywood independent film. Yes, yeah. is well. That's kind of what I was getting at with the party yeah. scene. Like it felt like an American movie. Like it really did feel yeah. like it was a. But, but it's, you're right. It's just you're like right. you know, production value and you know, quality of the maison scene could be could be a, so strong. Could be a new Evil Dead installment as far as the production value yeah. goes. Absolutely, I couldn't agree yeah. more. And just yeah, just they've taken tropes and cliches and really made them unique but, and they didn't do that they didn't fall into that trap of trying to make them american and yeah. give them dodgy american accents that's right or any horse shit like that yeah they just you know mm-hmm. those they 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 were like what they actually it was like a, such a nat- naturalistic performance from all of the cast yeah it's you know they were playing who they were for sure for shizzle manizzle <laughs> <laughs> whatevs uh kevs kevs uh, <laughs> all right lol Rolf Lameo. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been a fun one. It's been an interesting week. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> Ben's going to take us out with a song. Well, he chose this one. <laughs> yes, this is uh, 
Harry Belafonte's Jump in the Line from the film Beetlejuice. Or is it Step in Line? I think it's Jump in the Line. Oh, Shake your body in time. Whichever way you choose you to join you should, the line. You should have said, okay, I believe you. That would have been the perfect <laughs> ending. Because that's the lyric from the song. Yes. Well, you well, blew it. Well, you just uh, all of a sudden now it's now you're in my shoes when uh, <laughs> you didn't know what the other person wanted and you couldn't deliver it. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body liner. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. My girl's name is Sonora, I tell you friends I adore her. And when she dances, oh brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds of weather. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. You can talk about cha-cha, tango waltz or the rumba. Sinora's dance has no title. You jump in the saddle, hold on to the bridle. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body. Rock your body, child. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Somebody help me. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Oh. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Yeah. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. Sinora, she's a sensation, the reason for aviation. And fellas, you got to watch it. When she wind up, she bottom, she go like a rocket. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Heist those skirts a little higher. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Off the chimney. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Sensation, she go up in the air, come down in slow motion, jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. Somebody help me, jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body and time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. 